This episode of Toes on the Line is brought to you by Thorn. Thorn has the most extensive line of NSF certified for sport products. Only a handful of U.S. companies have achieved the certification, and Thorn is the first U.S. nutritional supplement company to be fully certified. Their mission is to provide quality supplements that every athlete at every level can trust, as well as truthful information about how nutritional supplements fit into anyone's lifestyle. Thorne believes that personalized scientific wellness can extend the duration of one's health span and create happier and healthier lifestyles. Thorne's ambition is to empower their customers to improve and extend their health span through testing, teaching, and transforming health so they can prevent adverse chronic health conditions before they begin. Their products are a complementary and convenient way to get nutrients that can aid in recovery, training, and health of anyone. And that's why I love using Thorne products myself on a daily basis. To receive 20% off any Thorn product, simply go to my website, coachgeograssi.com, and become a subscriber. And before starting any new dietary regimen, which includes supplements and vitamins, you should always speak with a healthcare provider. to the Toast and Life Podcast. I'm Gio Grassi. Today I got my man Don Day. Don, it's been like, what, almost a year I've been trying to get you on this damn thing, right? Yeah. It felt like a year, right? It's been about a month, right? Yeah, <laughs> like it definitely felt like a year. It felt like it was never going to happen, man. I knew you were going to make it happen. No doubt, man. Hey, uh, you know, two baseball strength coaches here, you know, you get, you get conflicted with schedules, practice, rescheduling lifts and stuff like that. You know, we also work with other teams, so that stuff gets in the mix. We're both on spring break this week, which finally happened to you know, link us in, but, uh, listen, man, I appreciate you getting on. And if you could just take some time to, you know, talk about where you've been, you know, who you are, Don Day, how you got into strength and conditioning and stuff like that, man. All right. Well, I'm Don Day, uh, where I've been, it's a long list. I've been pretty much everywhere. I've been at every D one level you can think of. I've been at an Akron, a Bowling Green state. Uh, I've been a GA, I've been an intern. I've been a assistant director. I've been as uh head guy. This is my third time. So third time's the charm. Uh, Right going? now, I'm director of Olympic sports at uh, Murray State, working with baseball, volleyball, rifle, women's <laughs> soccer, and softball. And I'm um, coming here from uh, Arizona where I was working quarterbacks and the uh, rehab return to play athletes. So I was also for six months the team dietitian. So that was cool. I'll tell you what. But- I'm like I'm like part time team dietitian right now with football. I'm not, I'm not an RD right by by any means. I got precision nutrition, and I'll tell you Same what, that, yeah, that thing. Listen, being a being a part time nutritionist kind of sucks because <laughs> having to give all that information and plus coach and develop programs at the same time is kind of it gets in the way. But you got to do what you got to do, right? It was literally like I got precision nutrition just in case I ever needed it, and <laughs> like my first week we had a dietitian for the whole department. It was one guy. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, he didn't get retained. And uh, I'm like, oh, cool. Like, you know, I'm going to do this at the same. Like, I've been, you know, nutrition falls under our, you know, hat of things we do, the hats we wear. Uh, but when I got to Arizona and I was doing that, like, I didn't realize the level of what it had to be or, like, what the demand was. So, like, hats off to all dietitians out there because that stuff sucked. That was the first and only time I ever told a boss, like I'm getting buried. I can't do this anymore. Like <laughs> the only like time that, I've ever, the only time I've ever done that. Like, so yeah. I was like, it was, that's how miserable it was for me. So like hats off to all dietitians out there. It's, it's definitely a game changer in the job and the work they do. Like, I think we might underplay it, but it's really vitally important. 
Yeah. And I tell you what, I, I enjoy doing what I do with that stuff, too. But yeah, you're right. It does. It does overwhelm you, you know, having to create, you know, I'm not saying, you know, creating um, what do you call it, meal plans for anyone, but just, you know, creating guidelines and avenues for these people to find success. Because At the end of the day, you're eating the damn calf. I'm eating at home. I'm, I got the luxury of purchasing whatever the hell I want to eat every single day. They don't. You know? right, right. And it kind of sucks, you know, just having to break down. Hey, um, you know, I, I have kids send me, you know, photos of what they're eating and what's on the plate. So I'm like, hey, look, add more protein. Add more right. vegetables, you know, so that, that's how right. we kind of attack this thing. But uh, so who do you work with over there? Baseball and who else? Baseball, softball, rifle, volleyball and women's soccer. Rifle. Yeah, right. Hey, my rifle team ain't no joke now, boy. So let me ask some for rifle. I would say the leading KPI is what resting heart rate. Yeah. So this is this is the thing, right? Like, Fill me in. There's, there's not a good way of like looking at rifle. Right. So like mm -hmm. you look at it from like uh, I've had this is my second rifle team I've worked with. If you look at it from like a uh, resting heart rate, all that kind of shit, I guess it depends on the team you got. Like this team is like a top seven team in the nation. Right. Okay. So like this team knows how to control their heart rate. The coach does a lot mm -hmm. of like psychology, like delves deep into that stuff. The the all that like any mental health resting heart rate. He was also an athletic trainer for like 20 something years. So, like, he delves deep into that shit. So, like, he has a wherewithal of all of that and, like, the mental aspect of it, like a like a Lico kind of guy. Like, you know what I mean? Like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. In, like, that is where he, like, researches stress management, all of that kind of stuff. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like, like that is – it's awesome. So, like, from, like, uh, able to control your emotions, your heart rate, all – like, really, it's all controlling your emotions, right? Mm -hmm. So, like – that kind of stuff he delves deep into. And that's why they're annually a top five team, top seven team in the nation. Right. So that stuff I don't worry about what he values out of me is the, the, the cultural, like you guys are athletes, you know what I mean? Like, okay. Train them to be athletes. Gotcha. Like, okay. So like with them, we just like, it, it, it's a, like, it's so cliche to say I am the culture guy because I'm not, I'm not, but like, that's the best way you could look at it. Like we come in here, we set a standard and set a culture in here. His words, like, you know what I mean? Like he loves the cultural aspects of the weight room, the accountability, the, uh, the, the hard work, the, you know, all that kind of stuff. Like the, the stuff that like normal, like things that you wouldn't even think about, like that you probably do on a daily basis with your athletes, right? Like the, the movement prep, the dynamic warm up, the like, Sometimes I'll take them outside and we'll do like a long, like uh, a movement prep thing. You know what I mean? And like, obviously mm -hmm. it's like, it's, it's, it's challenging. It challenges them in a way they've never been challenged. Right. Mm -hmm. So like, I mean, it's not like that it challenges them because they're rifle. Cause I seen Arizona get their asses kicked doing that. Like, yeah. like, like power five football play. It's just a challenging thing. That's just all movement based. Okay. So like, but he loves that implementation of those kind of things because it challenges them outside of their comfort zone, which is really what he's trying to implement as far as like return to homeostasis, like return to normal, right? Mm -hmm. Like you're going through this challenge. How do you take this challenge, grow from the challenge and return back to your normal level? And now that's the risk of heart rate, heart rate variability, all that kind of shit. You can get into science, all that stuff. But really the biggest thing for me, and I tell them all the time, I'm giving you different things that are going to challenge you differently than you ever have. And I want to see how I respond to it. Mm -hmm. So like, that's we dope, do man. shit. 
we just get after it. Like we literally, like, bro, I have, there's like, they all deadlift probably 225 plus on the trap bar, which uh-huh. is pretty fucking good for them. Uh, they squat all of them at least 135, some 185, some 205. Like, you know what I mean? Like pretty close to ass to grass. Not that there's like a measurement for how you squat, but like, that's how they, that's how they move pretty well in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, they're starting to bench now because they wanted to bench. So I was like, oh, you guys want bench? You work hard. Like, I'll teach you guys how to bench. Like, I wasn't really worried about benching, but we like, you know, we started over press, overhead press, like military press, then push press. Then now we're going into, okay, you've built the upper body strength to some degree. Mm-hmm. Let's go into bench press. Okay. That's so fun, like, man. I mean, it, it's really cool because they're fun. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, coach, yeah. Like, coach wants, like, wants that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, challenge it challenge keep challenging him challenge him challenge him like okay like fuck out fucking like you know we're gonna fucking challenge him like i'm gonna fucking challenge him so like that's dope i, I like i like teams like that because there's no pressure on like returning the investment back into performance like there, there might be i mean there, there obviously is but it's not like a football where it's like hey our lineman got a bench press x you know these guys need to squat x. x they gotta they run got this right x. They gotta hit right. these markers like yeah there's literally like i mean He's like, he's super, like, like super involved and super like helpful with things like everything, like from like me finding a house to like stuff like that. And like, oh, dope. Yeah. yeah there like you go. so much to pre, like I'm wearing a fucking, like, you know what I mean? I got, oh, shit. Got the, how you got fucking gear from the <laughs> rifle team. Bro, that's some I got baseball shit. Gear. I've been here for almost I a year. I got baseball gear. I got rifle gear. And that's the only teams I got gear for. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, like, you know, it's cool as shit. Like, you know, I'm, I got some like leftover football stuff from the old football guy, but like, it's, it's cool. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's cool to see, uh, it's cool to see that, you know, it's cool. Like he considers me a part of it. Like I'm in their group chats, like team dinners, you'll invite me like team meetings, whatever it might be. Like, it's truly, uh, uh, investment. Like, like he tells me, he's like, you know, we're doing like, whatever broke records whatever like i really believe that part of that comes from the weight room i try to slide things off like you know what i mean like i'm not trying to like i don't like to be in the limelight with that shit because then like if something doesn't go right you're in the limelight for that shit right yeah, like, right right <laughs> but like like it's cool that that like i don't think anything i do is making them better shooters or the better uh uh ranked team or whatever it might be like i don't think that because i was here that they broke a school record i don't think i have any involvement in that from a performance standpoint but if the coach feels like that then like the thing that i do feel like i have is just the the cultural investment and like the Mm -hmm. the 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 feedback from the kids of like okay like you make us feel like we're not just right. We're athletes. Like right, right, the, right. the appreciation from the kids is the biggest thing that like I see, but I've, I've worked with, you know what I mean? Like everything I'm doing garners a lot of appreciation. So that's the, that's my KPI, right? Like you, how do you measure that? I guess this, the whatever they think I'm doing a good job. Like, so team that's dinners, my KPI, get, getting invited like, to team dinners. Yeah, hell yeah. Like that's, that's my KPI. Like I'm not, Hey, like, are they benching this, squatting this, running this? No, but mm-hmm. the level of appreciation they have for me is so high. Like that's my key KPI. So outside of strength culture, also a an author. 
Yeah, I guess I'm an author now. Yeah, right. yeah, like the take <laughs> rolling of strength and conditioning, I guess. Like <laughs> more like a Dr. Seuss, like cat in a hat kind of stuff. Not really on the level of uh uh JK Rowling writing great novels, but I yeah. try my best. So let's talk about your book, man. The servant. Yeah, the servant. So like it's a yeah, let's talk about like that a, a little bit. It's a it's a uh, a cool thing, like I'm a big like uh 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 fight club guy. And like my mindset, I don't know. I went to a dark place when I was writing this thing. Like it's really depressing <laughs> when you're writing a book about all the bad stuff that you've done or that's happened to you uh-huh. and like how you got out of the hole from that or like where you're at currently. So like it went down some dark paths for me. And like it was kind of like depressing writing that book. But like, I mean, it was it was very useful. It's almost it almost ended up being like a like a, a diary for myself. You know what I'm saying? Like okay. the book by no means is like self-help book. Like it's supposed to be like a, a educational, like this is how you can help yourself without me providing you self-help. But really it was a self-help book for myself, giving out, like letting all that stuff out, like letting it go, like realizing certain things while I'm going through the editing process, like, damn, like I didn't really think about that as I was writing it. I haven't thought about it since. So when I read it again, like, like it was like releasing like tension or like releasing burdens, just letting things go. But like it parallels my life partially, but my journey through strength and conditioning and what I've learned from my failures as a leader and the things that I've one or two things that I've done good as a leader. <laughs> and okay. Like it parallels that with the leadership examples I've seen throughout the industry and kind of how I got to the, the 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 point of servanthood and why I will like why I fall back on those guiding principles I found within servant leadership not so much like the cliche like servant leadership like this that third for me it was the principles in servanthood which like for me like kind of like obviously it's a model that Jesus set set like set forth so like it kind of talks about my like my discovery of Christianity and like me getting saved and all that. And like, it's not by any means a religious book, right? It's just uh-huh. like, these are where my principles come from. And these are where my principles lie. Just like, you know, if someone wants to talk about stoicism, they're not saying they're going to go behead someone like Julius Caesar or whatever. Like these are just where their principles come from. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. and by no means shape or form do i compare myself to jesus christ because i'm not but like <laughs> but like you know what i'm saying like these are just where the principles come from so mm-hmm. like you have to acknowledge that just like i would acknowledge where stoicism comes from or buddhism or whatever it might be those guiding principles come from somewhere right and like yeah i like some things about stoicism buddhism uh whatever it might be but like i also acknowledge where they come from not in a negative way i'm just aware of what i'm reading right so like it's a very it's an easy to read, but complex thought book. You know what I mean? And like, there's a lot of like, uh, I'd say I, I'm very open. In it. Like I talk about my failures as a leader at Buffalo. I talk about like my breaking down, uh, like how I got broken down as a person at Georgia Southern and the trials I went through to end up coming to Christ. And like my, 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 like my journey through, through that and the things that happened to me in my time in the South, like, you know what I'm saying? So like, yeah, it's pretty cool. It's pretty, it's pretty cool. Like, you know, it's, it's on Amazon. It's, you know, wherever, like if you want to read it, like go ahead and read it. If you don't, I really, I think I wrote that book to write a book. And then I realized I wrote that book like to 
hopefully shed light to other people that are like struggling through things like I was struggling through things or maybe struggling to find their footing or like maybe they're going through something that they think's only happening to them. Like just to like bring people together. Like there's this one verse in the Bible that talks about a story about like, you know, a parable or what parable or whatever it talks at the end about, you know, going forth, like you can make followers of one person, a thousand people, a million people, whatever your capacity to do that, do it. Right. So like mm-hmm. if one person's life is affected in a positive manner from this book, then I've done my job. You know what I mean? Like, so I, I'm not trying to get the best selling author. I'm not trying to get on the morning show or anything like that. I'm just trying to help someone out. So I hope that the book helps someone out. Okay. That outside of coaching, you talk about like personal life prior to coaching in that book or no? I think I hit on it a little bit, but not okay. too much. I talk about like, obviously like, you know, like, things that I've done in my personal life that have like, you know, probably been like, you know, not the greatest things in the world. Right. Like I'm very, I'm very open. Like at the CSCCA, someone took me out to dinner and they were telling me, you know, they really respected the fact that in my speech, I was very open and showed, uh, uh, you know, I was very vulnerable. Right. Mm -hmm. And like, I'm vulnerable, not because I'm a strong person. I'm vulnerable one, because I really don't care. Like I have, I have the things I care about and the things that matter to me. And like, if you're not paying my bills or you're not like with me, I really don't care because you don't affect my life. Right. Right, So if you're not my parents or like my trusted, trusted friends or my wife or someone that's paying my bills, I really don't care what you say. Right. Mm -hmm. So I can be vulnerable because there's nothing that can hurt me. Plus I look at everything as part of the plan. You know what I mean? Like the books are written. We're just reading it. So if something hurts me, it's just all part of what it's supposed to be and something I need to learn from. Yeah. Set you up for the next adventure. Yep. Right. Yep. And I've been through some of the worst and I made it out alive. So I'm not really worried about whatever comes next. There you go, man. Speaking of our conference. So you spoke at last year's conference. You speaking again this year? No, no, no. Uh, no. Not that I know of. I mean, maybe I don't. I don't. I got to check the, the conference uh, speaker side. <laughs> Hit you with a surprise, Don. You're up next. Ten minutes, bud. What you got? Like, shoot, I don't know. Right? I don't know. Just give me a mic. And I'll start freestyling it. I don't like to follow a script or be like glued because then I feel like I lose my footing. Like monotone. So, like, yeah. I wrote the like my stuff for the conference in a week, uh, and then I sent it in, and I didn't look at it again until like the week weeks pushing it three days before the conference really okay. i look i look like pa- passed out those pamphlets with, like your slides and stuff yeah, yeah. i was like all right let me get one of those so i know what i wrote down just to go over it in my head and then i was like all right cool put this away i'm good uh-huh. like i don't like to be monotone i don't like to be up there just like monotone or like pouting my chest like i mean there's probably so many people that do similar things to me i'm not going to stand up there and try to sound like a guru plus like what I do for me works where I'm at. Like, you know what I mean? Like what I right, did, right, right. what I talked about at the conference was mainly about stuff I did at Georgia Southern stuff. I did at Georgia Southern. I don't do here. So like mm-hmm. it changes, you know what I mean? So like, who am I to try to uh, uh, guru you on stuff that I'm not even doing anymore. Right. Uh, good stuff, man. You're going to be in attendance this year. Yeah, I'll be there. I'll be right, there. We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely have to meet up when we're down there, man. Yeah, yeah, I no love doubt. meeting up. I don't even go to the talks. I just like to go down there and meet other people. Just go to the ex- uh, go go to the exhibit hall and just chill. That's what I did. That's the only place I go to the exhibit hall. Yeah, let's talk a little bit of baseball, man. 
Okay, okay, okay. Let's talk a little bit of baseball. So I listened to your conference last year. I, I didn't attend, but it was virtual, the one I listened to. Um, good stuff, very good stuff. And I, I you know, most of those methods I already utilized or you know, have adopted after listening to you talk about them. Um, let's talk pitchers real quick because pitchers is always that, you know, are you <laughs> laughing? Pitchers, right? It's like the glass model, the uh right. The, the, the trophy athlete that you just don't fuck them up, coach. Don't fuck. That's what I always hear. Yeah, coach, yeah, coach, if yeah, they could throw, yeah, yeah, as long yeah. as they could throw, coach, we're fine. Right? Listen, coach, I'm going to, we're going to work their ass in the fucking weight room, right? Right. Biggest topic of discussion. When I got the Monmouth, um, they trained a totally different way, different strength coach. And that's normal wherever you go. But these guys never touched a barbell in their life until I got there. Right. And my thing to them was listen, we're going to incline bench press. I'll never put you on a flat barbell ever. Right. I've done it at Fordham over years and over the years, what I saw is as the kids got older and stronger, their fastball speed got better. Right. My question to you, Donde, have you ever inclined barbell pressed a pitcher? No, I haven't, <laughs> but like I've never traditionally bench pressed a pitcher. Like we always use a two board. We might do floor press, dumbbell uh-huh. bench. Like, I mean, but you're touching uh, the barbell. Yeah. You're touching the barbell at some point right. in time. Like okay. You're, you're, there's like, so like, you know, everyone, how do you get the velo to go up? How do you get the velo? Really, it's more about spin rate, right? But like the v- the velo helps spin rate and where you put the ball, right? So like mm-hmm. if you throw it 100 miles an hour, well, you can get away with that. But if you throw it 95 miles an hour right down the middle of the plate, ah, you know what I'm saying? Like, so your velo doesn't really matter. But like it, it to me, there's articles out there that talk about how bench press and upper body power help out with velocity, right? Mm-hmm. Now, as I dug deeper in the rabbit hole of like just the motion of pitching, how they do things, talks with the pitching coach, like me and my pitching coach here, like we'll talk baseball all the time, all the time. Like, you know what I mean? Like we talk, like, I'm like his assistant pitching coach, intern, intern assistant, intern there, assistant. Okay, there we go. But, yeah, but like, I think the biggest thing here is that like made a big difference, just like talking like through movements and learning movements. And like my time at Arizona, I like was able to pick a lot of people's brains. I, you know, obviously the Arizona coaches out there with baseball was able to go to the clubhouse, hang out over there. Driveline was able to shoot up there, talk to those guys, like mm-hmm. just learning a lot of different things, but really not how to train them, just the basics of what coaches would want when they're recruiting a pitcher or what they're trying to fix when a pitcher gets on campus. So like how to coach the movements of a pitcher and we understand movement and we understand strengthening movements. Right. So like Mm -hmm. once you learn what helps a pitcher become great, now you know how to train. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, cause if you're just like picking exercises in the dark, well, what are you actually looking for? You know what I'm saying? Like, like you want more robust athlete, more athletic, more fast, more powerful, all that kind of stuff sounds good. What are you actually looking for? What do right. you looking from from a delivery standpoint, a lead leg blocking standpoint, a rotational standpoint? What's hip shoulder uh, uh, separation? How do you train the hip shoulder separation? What are the things that like you are actually looking for out of a good elite level pitcher? Mm-hmm. Okay. And all you, mm. when you understand that pitching is nothing but movement, like everything, mostly everything, but pitching is a movement that you can really learn how to train, especially right. when you start talking about plyo balls, med balls, all that kind of stuff, developing rotational power, whatever it might be. Like once you understand those concepts and I'm not a guru by any means, I'm still learning. Right. I talk to people smarter than me that make me feel dumber, dumb as shit. And I try to get better every time. So like, <laughs> <laughs> so like once you understand the movements and you understand what 
coaches are looking for from those movements, you understand how to train those things. And right. pitching, I think, to me, is easy to train those movement patterns. I don't know why, but it just makes a lot of sense to me, and it's really easy to me. But, like, I never played baseball. You know what I mean? I played the show a few times, but, like, that's hmm. much baseball. I won the Cy Young twice, so maybe that put that on my resume. Dude, but like, I, I, I snapped the home run single season record in the show, by the way, during COVID. Put that on your resume. I so should. Like, <laughs> 125 so like, home runs. I never forget. Me and the Indians won the World <laughs> Series, so you know I'll put that on my resume too. But uh, <laughs> so like, you know what I mean? Like, but like, it's it's. I think pitchers are easy. Like, and depending, like everyone does things differently. Like uh-huh. some people, the day after they want to do a, a low day, like low maintenance day, whatever. Some people want to do restorative stuff. Some people want to do recovery. My guys get after it in the weight room, and that's not to say right, wrong, and different. Like, you know, I I. I Everyone does things differently, right? Like you'll go places and well, why are you lifting after after the game? Well, because it's the furthest away from the next time they're going to throw, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna get my heavy stimulus in right then and there. And then, well, you know, they had a stimulus during you know the baseball game, whatever. Okay, ask them what's hard: lifting in the weight room or going and playing five innings. They'll right. probably say lifting in the weight room. So that's yeah. gonna be my most taxing stimulus. Uh, but like you know. It's it. That's just my take on it. That doesn't mean it's right, wrong, or different. It works for me, and it works here. Like now, if I went to a, I don't know, University of Texas. I don't know what they do. I have no idea what they do. But maybe that would maybe they're different. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Maybe they do things differently than me. So that's something I have to take into account, right? So like, yeah. it's just what fits your situation. What works best for your situation. If that didn't work here, I would not do that. Nah, I hear you, man. You know, you know what I'm, you know what I'm a fan of in in season with baseball, especially pitchers, man. Just giving them the option on a lower body day, like, hey, man, you get to choose between uh, a, a front squat, a sumo deadlift, or a reverse lunge. But you got whatever you pick, bam, you stick with that for four weeks, and then you know the next four you can recycle. And and the guys love it because you know personally, I think in season is when you have to be way more you know reasonable to let the guys you know, choose what they want for them to say, Hey coach, I feel good when I'm doing this, you know, off season. Right. Hey, look, r- listen, you're going to get beat up. It's our fault. And it's your fault for not doing what you're supposed to be doing outside of here. But we got, we got room for improvement there. Right. In season, right. we got, we got, we got no room for, you know, wasted energy. None of that shit. That's why I'm a big fan of like, Hey, look, deadlift squat, reverse lunge, pick your poison, go. And, and the guys right. love it. They're adapting well to it. You know, I, I don't know if yeah, you do the same guy- thing that that's just, that's just one thing I like to dose out, you know? No, I love like I had I did more autonomy at Georgia Southern than I do here. Now, there's certain things that like, you know, like, you know, with the relievers, I finally and I've read like a few things on Zach that Zach DeCant does. And like I have one of his old players as one of our uh, uh, assistant coaches. So like I get to pick their brains. But like, uh, you know, with the relievers, like how we do our high day or how we do our low day is kind of dependent on like, Hey, the day before the game, I want that to be your low day because they get the shit kicked out of them anyway. Like relievers just kind of by tell them like, it shouldn't be that way. And it's not going to be that way here. Mm-hmm. So let's pick what makes you feel best going into the game. Right. So whether that's the heavy day or whether that's the dynamic day pick, you know, your body's better than I know your body's and it's better than what I've read in a book or heard okay. in a conference. So uh-huh. only, you know, you, so if this stimulates you for the game. Let's do that. If this has negative effects to your pitching, 
then let's do the other lift and we'll hit the other one after. Right. So right, right, that's right. just kind of like how we do believers. And that's, it took me four tries, four years of baseball, but I finally figured it out, like figure it out. And I'm sure I'm going to unfigure it out next year. Right. And find <laughs> something new. Right. And that's the thing. You're never, you never figure it out. Right. Exactly. So, so like, I like giving them the options on that. My hitters, they, they know what it is. Uh, and I try to like, I try to make sure that I am doing as much to manage that stress because people forget that the hitters play every fucking day. So like managing that stress piece is big for me with them. And then my, my starters, like there's certain guys, they all like their own different things. One guy will lift six days a week, literally six days a week, Hmm. seven days a week, my bad, seven days a week. And at first it's hey, if that's your routine, I don't want to mess with it, but let me help you out here and there. And then based off of, how you feel after the first week let's adjust things coach i feel terrible i knew you would let's adjust some things (laughs) or i have one guy that like one starter that likes to do like this water log stuff or whatever it might be and like that hey that makes you feel good go ahead he does it on his off days or he makes his stuff in like when hey step ups yeah grab your water log it doesn't you know i mean like Mm -hmm. so like it's giving them autonomy in certain things but also knowing like what you know you're an expert, right? Because if anyone could just do anything, then you wouldn't have your job. You know right. what I'm saying? So like, wow. but they know their bodies. So ha- having open conversations with them is what I really like to do. You you um you don't use Tendo units there, have, have do you or? No, I don't have them available to me. So it's kind of like a thing where I just like, hey, like I try to raise as much awareness to it. You know what I mean? Wow. Like, guys, the weight does not matter. We want to be powerful. Move yeah, this yeah. as fast as you can. And if you feel like you're getting slower moving this, go down and wait. If you mm-hmm. feel good, go up and wait. But uh, don't feel good and move slow. Right, right, and right. Like now, obviously, I can't look and say, all right, that's a 0.75. We we need to we need to go lighter. That's a, a 1.0. We need to go heavier. Just based off of feel, you know, baseball term, feel. You got to have feel about it. Got to, yeah. H- have you ever used – you've used it before in your career. Yeah, Georgia um, Southern, we had Tendo units. Yeah, okay. For my, and I used it for my dynamic effort. Uh, um, more so than anything, max effort. I really don't care. You know what I mean? Like max effort is again. The bar's gonna move thing. slow. Yeah, yeah. The bar's gonna move slow. Like it, it's all gonna be based off of feel. I tell them there's like a ten percent discrepancy in the weight, right? So if you're at ninety five percent, if you feel terrible, go down and wait. Like I, it, with any movement, if you look terrible, you feel bad. Don't do that weight, right? right like that's right, coach. Right. That's that's where the technology shouldn't outweigh your your God given coaches. eye. That's why we get paid. Like if they could just use a robot, then what would you be for? So like, and then like at uh, Arizona, we had elite form. So we like, we're always training power was the term they coined. Uh, and you know, there were things I liked, things I didn't like about it. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. just like with tender units, if you're not training properly with them, then there'll be things you like, things you don't like, not saying right, wrong, what was right, what was wrong. They're just things I like, things I didn't like. Yeah. You no, know, even even in my own programming with Tendo units, there's things I liked the first time that I didn't I kept. There's things I didn't like that I got rid of. Mm-hmm. Have you ever have you ever found like a correlation to like like anything like baseball wise using a Tendo or no? I'm still trying to see if there's anything I could figure out. I, I haven't think found any that damn when thing. You train an athlete to be more powerful. That is going to you're gonna see it in everything, right? Like yeah. if I can get you to be more powerful, like you're going to swing better. You're going to not, maybe not necessarily like 
obviously we're talking about movements and stuff like that. And it goes down the rabbit hole, but just a basic generalization. If you train to be more powerful, then you should be able to produce more high power outputs mm-hmm. at a higher level. If that makes sense. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So like it's the set principle, train slow, be slow, train, to be fast and powerful. You'll probably end up being a little faster, a little bit more powerful, which right, we'll right. see on the mound. We'll see in the box. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, no now doubt, there's man. so much skill to that and timing and everything like yeah, that. There is, but yeah. still, at least all I can do is make you more robust and give you to the coach. Uh huh. Like I'm not a hitting coach. I'm not a pitching coach. And uh-huh. anyone that tries to say they are, are lying, be- unless they're a hitting coach or a pitching coach. <laughs> right, so right. All we're Specialized, really yeah. Doing, yeah. All we're doing is trying to make them a more robust athlete, and then hopefully the skills that they learn from the coaches, the tactical side, takes over. Yeah. You do anything special with your catchers or no? Nah. I mean, my catcher here, like, I mean, both, I've been lucky. I've had two really, really good catchers, mm-hmm. watch list awards, whatever it might be. I give him crap about that all the time. I say, hey, man, if there's anything you don't want to do, then we don't have to do it. You're the award. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like, <laughs> but like and he, he's like, ah, oh, fuck you, Coach Day. Like, you know what I mean? But like, I have, I've had two really good ones and, they just like to get after it. You know what I'm saying? Like now you, could you do things? Yes, you could. But like, did have I had to? No, I haven't had any prima donnas or anything like that. Thankfully. Yeah. Uh-huh. Now catch, catchers, I, catchers are like dogs, man. They're like linebackers. Yes. That's and I like exactly to get after like. shit. They just, yeah. like, I don't like to limit anyone. Right. Uh-huh. So like, I'm not going to come in here with this specialized uh, baseball workout and try to guru you and like any of that, like, Hey, if something's hurting or bothering you, come see me. And that's mm-hmm. as much that, like, you know what I mean? Other than that, like, we'll communicate. You know what I mean? Like, what are we talking about? Like, if nothing, like, I think people try to specialize too much, right? So, like, if you specialize, that means you're really good at one skill and probably not good at anything else, right? Like, uh-huh. if I was specialized in baseball and say, I'm specialized baseball, baseball, baseball. Well, if a baseball, volleyball job opens up, who the fuck's going to hire me? Right. Because I'm specialized in baseball. So just then, a baseball guy, yeah. Yeah, I'm just a baseball guy, right? Instead of a strength coach. Mm-hmm. Like, my specialization is being a strength coach. Mm-hmm. And it's gen- I have general knowledge, capabilities. Of all. I have a lot of different abilities, right, that I feel pretty solid on. I'm not a speed guy. I'm not a weight room guy. I'm not a baseball guy. I'm not a pitching guy. I'm not a volleyball guy. I'm not a rifle guy. I might be now, but like, I'm not like, you know what I'm saying? Like I am a strength coach and like people forget that. Like when I was in college, my strength coach was a strength coach and he coached everyone and everyone was coached. People say individualization. There was that he met that criteria, whatever that criteria is with Mm -hmm. 16, 17 different teams. And with just him and maybe a GA, depending on the year, like as we got older, he had a GA, I think. And the GA was just like an ex football player for the most part. So like, he did a really good job of that. So I like, that was what I came. That's what I thought strength and conditioning was. And that's how I've always thought of it. And that's how I was brought up to think of it. Nowadays, people want to specialize too much. And so it turns into, so you're really good at one thing. So what they're like, people say, I ah, get specialized at something. So you stick out on a resume. You don't stick out. You know yeah, what I mean? You, you stick out the wrong me, way. You stick out. The, you can only do one thing is what you're telling me. Right. Hey, like I have this, I'm specialized in this. Okay. So you can't do anything else is what you're telling me. Or like your mindset is that you're not going to do anything else or your mindset is none of that other stuff matters. It Mm -hmm. all matters. 
sports, right? Mm-hmm. Like I, I've been a, I've been a director of sports, uh, football, uh, uh, director of, well, how do I put it down on my resume? Director of football performance nutrition. I've done that. I've been a, uh, uh, I've worked with quarterbacks at a power five level. I've been with baseball for however many years. I've been a director of football. I've been, I have a wide range of things I'm good at. I haven't specialized in any of them. Mm-hmm. I'd rather have that on my resume than I specialize in taking care of quarterbacks. Well, what about the rest of the team? Like, when are they going to train? Like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. like, what are you going to do with them? You, you see, me if a lineman walks in, you don't know what to do? Yeah, right. You see a lot of job postings now. Like, and one of the criteria is like specializing offensive lineman, defensive lineman uh, training. Yeah. Yeah. I get, I can work with everyone. Like, yeah. Like, there'll be times. What's that mean? Like there'll be times I go through like a three week phase. I'm working with just alignment. And then, you know, me and the other coach will flip boom. Now I'm working with the skill guys for another three weeks and shit. You know, and that just creates, you know, better relationships. Cause if you're a head guy, can you only program for one area Position of the group. team? Right. Right. Like one, like, so you're telling me you don't know what to do with the quarterbacks. You don't know how to develop rotational power. You can't mm-hmm. like, you know what I'm saying? Like, what are you telling me? Like, so it's, uh, it's uh, I think the specialization thing is catchy and clicky and awesome. And people look at those people that have those jobs, but like there's only, this is not knocking anyone, but there's only one Zach to There's only mm-hmm. one Eric Cressy. There's only one uh, whoever that guy that used to be a Duke. That's now, no, he might be a Duke now. I don't know. I think he's at Virginia. I don't know his name. I, I see him on social media. There's only one him. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's, there's only, only one, one of him. Of those, you know what I mean? Like, those, That's him. There's not a million Zach DeCants running around. Like, yeah. There's only one Zach DeCant, right? Uh-huh. And he does a phenomenal job of what he does. There's only one of him. And how he got that job is probably, I don't know how he got that job, but however he got that, those circumstances that mix together to get that job, yeah, probably not going to be repeated again because there's only one of him. He has the job and he's at TCU. Is he? Well, you can, I'm about to say, is he, is he baseball only at TCU? I think so. For now, I don't know. I don't. Unless I don't he has know. like other small I, teams I, he works with, maybe him about once or twice. Like he's a good guy. I don't know anything about him. Like he does really phenomenal job. But like, unless you can recreate those circumstances, yeah, go back in time, kick him out of TCU, and recreate the circumstances to work for you, you will never be him. So just be the best you, like, and be good at everything. No, no doubt, man. That's what I try to do. That's what yeah. that's what I try and fail and try and fail every single day. It only makes me better. I fail all the time and failure is a great learner. You know what I'm saying? Like and yeah. like I used to be like when I was young, I felt like the dumbest guy in the room. And like thankfully, like that was a failure that taught me how to read and learn and be smarter than I was. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I failed as a leader. I failed any leader that tells you he hasn't failed is a liar. Or, like, he has this God complex. So, like, again, I'm not afraid about being vulnerable. Like, I've failed complete, many, many, many times. Probably well-documented somewhere out there. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I just, I don't, I'm just trying to be better. That's all I'm trying to do. Just trying to be better every day and provide a high level of service to my athletes. Well, that's all that matters to me. That's all we can do, man. That's but all you can do, buddy. Yeah. But, Don, I appreciate you getting on. Man, this is a good conversation. This is fun, man. We touched base on everything, man. Culture. Rifle, baseball, a, uh, a book, uh, res- res- had, had, a, had a design a resume. <laughs> Did not work yeah, how to design a resume. <laughs> Take anything you've done and make it sound as beautiful as possible. Oh, I yeah. oversaw, directed football, sports, nutrition at Arizona. 
Yep. Interview. Locked in. Locked can, in. Right. And can we when get they say, so can you be our dietitian? Hell no. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Word up. Hey, appreciate you getting on, man. I got, I got one question for you, man. I haven't asked this question in years, but this is usually what I ask my uh, guests when they come on, man. If you were any, and here's the thing, man, you just can't say teacher because everyone said teacher and I was getting pissed off. If you, if you weren't a strength coach, right. In your lifetime, if that just wasn't an option for you to have as a career, what do you see yourself doing outside of being a strength coach? Well, unfortunately for me, I am not good at anything, but being a strength coach, except for one <laughs> thing, one thing I would do, one thing I wanted to do since I was a little kid. Now, let me preface this by my mom messed me up now. I love, I love you, mom, but she messed me up as far as like, like, like when everyone's watching Power Rangers, I was watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Like, okay. when, like I'm watching like 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 crazy sci-fi stuff while I was a little kid. So it, I think that messed me up why I'm so like out there and weird. But so when most people reading Dr. Seuss, I was reading like Sylvia Plath. I was reading uh uh who's that guy that died from alcoholism the the raven like you know like edgar Allan poe okay yep i was reading stuff like that i was reading like science fiction novels like com big comic book guy I got infinity gauntlet tattooed on my arm like, oh shit so like you know t- comics are dark as hell like the actual comics are really really dark uh-huh. so like like i was reading constantine comics all about devils and angels and stuff like that so like <laughs> thanks mom but uh, if I weren't, <laughs> if I weren't a strength coach, I would be a poet. A poet. Yeah, bro. That, that's that's dope, man. I never heard that. People usually say like chef or like something like around strength and conditioning, like teacher and shit. So I had to stop people from saying that. But a poet, huh? Yeah, I would be a very and I actually I'm going to back to Ohio sometime eventually. And there's like volumes of poems in my grandma's basement. Mm. I'm going to collect them. And they were very mature for like a like a 15 to 16, 17, 18 year old. Very, very mature, like really, really good. Very dark, very mature that work really good with this age group right now. I think uh, I'm going to type them all out and I'm going to publish them in like three different volumes. If I oh, can find shit. all. I that's, mean, there's like hundreds of hundreds of poems. Bro, that's pretty dope, man. A poet, huh? Yeah, uh, they like they were so mature and dark and like deep at that time that I feel confident that if I publish these poems, they are going to do very well. Poetry's got like hidden messages in them. Very dark. I mean, yeah, my favorite, like at that time, my, and still this time, my favorite uh, celebrity was, uh, uh, Kurt Cobain. No shit. Kurt Cobain. I, like, <laughs> my mom really, really <laughs> messed me up. Like I'm talking about from the time I was a kid to like, even now, I'm reading, I read everything about Kurt Cobain. Like, uh-huh. I'm like, sit, I'm like 12 years old reading about this heroin addict that like killed himself. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. It, it, like, blew his fucking that, head off. Yeah. Like, there was a Kurt Cobain movie that came out, The Last Days by Gus Van Sant or something like that. Uh-huh. I saw that movie. Extremely dark movie. Like, I mean, yeah, my mom, my mom truly, truly, there'll be things I don't do with my kids. <laughs> I, not that i don't do. she's a she's a phenomenal mom uh-huh. there's things i won't let them read or let them see gotcha okay okay i mean like i they mean keep, keep I'm, the I'm, keep I'm, the real world hidden from them for a little bit right <laughs> or slowly introduce them i have a black panther tattoo because i used to read all about tupac and his aunt as uh, i think it's shocker's uh i can't say her name she was in the black panthers then i discovered the black panthers all that kind of stuff like uh-huh. 
So like how no, I, I, I love to I got I got so much Tupac work, but he's one of my favorites all time artists, hip hop artists, just artists in general. He's, he's, he got a, he's got a little poet book out too, the rose that grew from the concrete. Yes. I and not that. a lot of people know that. Read, so that's I an awesome that. read, man. Yeah, I read that when I was young. I read that at a Borders bookstore. That's how old I was. Jesus. When I read that. book. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> My boy read this back in 97. Oh, oh, I, like I said, my she did not do a good job of editing things from me. Uh-huh. Like, yeah. So like I am I am a head case. So, yeah, I, I definitely uh, uh, slowly introduce my kid to more mature concepts as they get more mature. You know what I'm saying? No doubt. Not just yeah. give it to them at the age of six. No doubt, man. Hey, this was this was fun. I, I, hey, you learned some things about people on this podcast I never knew about. I knew some people for some time, man. It's pretty dope. I know. Yeah, I'm like, a weird dude. I'm a very weird dude. I don't want to say weird. I'd say interesting. Yeah, yeah. I guess I'm interesting. The probably the same way that like Kanye West is interesting. So yeah, yeah that, I'm a weird that guy, dude. <laughs> dude, that dude's a loose cannon, bro. I can't even talk about this fool, man. Oh, oh, yeah, and, man, yeah. But well, it's good to be on the podcast, man. Sorry, I got Jet. I got uh, softball coming in. I got a few rifle kids coming in. It's they're week off, but like now nah, you're they good, bro. We me like, hey, like, can we come in? Like, keep lifting and stuff like that. We don't like, don't, yeah, man. Y'all want to come in and lift? I'm never knock it. Nah, no doubt, man. But appreciate you getting on here, bro. This was good stuff, man. Don't forget to go to my website, coachgeograssi.com. Become a subscriber so you can get your 20% off any Thorn product. Thanks for listening.